Welcome to the Turkey Hunter Podcast, the original all-turkey, all-the-time podcast with your co-hosts Andy Galliano and Cameron Weddington. In our weekly podcast, we're going to bring you some wild turkey calling tips like this. From there, we're going to go into, she's aggravated, there's another hen that's challenged her, or she's challenging another hen, she's going to cut an excited yelp. Advice from old pro turkey hunters like this. The turkeys typically don't like, I think, more times than not, to travel in an easterly direction into the sun first thing in the morning, especially after he gets up. It's a blinding thing. It, it, it's just like you. It's hard for you to see into the sun. Mm-hmm. So if I have a choice, I'm going to try to make it so that I'm going to be on the west side in the morning east side in the afternoon of a turkey exciting live hunts like this holy crap they're coming teach you how to cook your bird with advice such as this with some fresh rosemary and garlic and then cool that off and spread that along the inside of that butterflied turkey breast that we've seasoned on both sides wildlife management tips for your property especially with turkeys like this if you look at the type of habitats that turkeys need for nesting and brooding that tends to be habitat that can be managed more successfully with growing season fire than with dormant season fire. And hopefully along the way, we'll get plenty of these. Well, on November the 28th of 1953, I was attached when I popped out of my mom and the baby doctor spanked me on the bottom. I went, oh, and I've been doing it ever since. <laughs> I like that. Thank you for tuning in, and now, for this week's show. Hello, and welcome back to this week's episode of the Turkey Hunter Podcast. You are listening to episode number 331. Finally, some Utah turkey hunt talk, and I am your co-host and the guy who is like Arby's. I have the meat. And I am your co-host, and the guy who can't come up with anything nearly as good as what Andy just said, <laughs> or or something that could have a subliminal message like Andy. <laughs> you know, and when you say it like that, you think, okay, wait a minute now, how are people going to take this? Or is it just me? Is it just me who has the mind in the gutter? <laughs> I think you owe everybody an explanation. Okay. All right. This is a family-friendly show. It is a family-friendly show, and you're right. I do owe everybody an explanation. And so today, Cameron and I are introducing our new sponsor. And our new sponsor is Cullen Lord with The Real Cajun Market. And, well, Cullen makes and sells meat, specifically sausages. But he also does some other prepackaged meals that that they sell. And so... 
I have gotten a sample package delivered to my house, and I have been sampling some of the sample package. I'm not going to talk too much more about it right now because we've talked a pretty good bit about it with Colin here in just a few minutes, but man, yeah. I have the meat. He, he does, and so do I. I got a big old box of meat myself, so we're both set on sausages and... Once we get done telling you all about Utah, we're going to actually give Cullen a call and introduce him to everybody and hear about a gigantic turkey that he killed in Georgia. But yeah, before we get to that, hey, how long do we have until season, Andy? Because it's not long. <laughs> 16 days, Cameron. One, six. 16 days, 10 hours, 15 minutes, and one second until mm. Alabama opening day of spring turkey season and and in florida they're going to be cranking up the adults we'll be shooting turkeys this weekend on saturday so mm-hmm. this will be our last show before turkey season is officially fully in swing from here on out yes indeed and i got a picture of a ute heck yeah who slayed one in florida this past weekend so yeah I know Bradley, his son, killed one, right? Yeah, yeah. And I also saw our former guest, Scott Ellis. His son, Jake, killed one. Awesome. So I, I saw quite a few. I saw a little girl had smoked one, and some big Osceolas hit the ground this weekend. So they're ready for you, adults in South Florida. That's Wish awesome. I was there. Yeah, that's good stuff, man. Good stuff. But on the opposite end of the spectrum, <laughs> let's talk about Utah. <laughs> <laughs> so... I recall we had a countdown for the hunt in Utah where it seemed like every week it was, you know, X number of days, hours, minutes, and seconds until we lay the smack down on a big Utah gobbler. Yeah, that was it. Tell me about your big Utah gobbler. He's a monster in every sense of the way. He had probably a quarter-inch beard don't insult him. It was bigger than that. It might have been an inch. I don't know. It was. It, it may have. His beard is about as long as you want your spurs to be. Yeah. And he didn't really have spurs. And to be quite honest, I didn't even know it was a he until Andy let me know. Yeah, so. that's the old red-green colorblind kicking in again. Yeah, so there, there you go with that. But I did kill a turkey. You killed a turkey. And... I don't really care what anybody has to say about it. I'm as proud of that Jake that I shot as any turkey I've killed ever. Well, so I killed a hen, and I let that cat out of the bag last week. (gasps) That's right. That's right. Hen killer. So killing a hen in the fall, and we've talked about this before on this show, I have a much, much different opinion of killing a hen in the fall than I do in the spring. Yeah. To me, it would be kind of like, knowing that I've killed a pregnant doe versus knowing I've killed a doe who has not been bred yet. Yeah. And I'm going to say this because there's no reason for us to talk a whole lot about where we hunted, but where we hunted, there was no shortage of hens. Yeah. It, people, when you hear that's, you know, we shot a Jake and a hen and folks are, you know, you immediately think of like Arkansas and we just killed the last two turkeys, but there were hundreds 
upon hundreds of turkeys. We have done no harm to a turkey population problem in Utah. <laughs> Very true. In fact, on the website, they're like asking you to shoot hens. <laughs> yes. Yeah, they really are. No, really. So yeah. It, it was, I mean, I'm unapologetic about it. I already had one person, you know, go off, or actually two. I've had two people chastise me for shooting a Jake in the fall. And I'm like, dude, I don't think you realize where our turkey hunting heritage came from, but th this is what it started as. <laughs> this is how people turkey hunted. Fall and winter, you shot Jakes and hens mostly. And every now and then somebody bring home a gobbler. Yeah. Well, you know, without getting on my soapbox, I'm going to say that Cameron and I both legally harvested birds and the state has no issue with it. Their biologist, I'm going to tell you, have a really good idea of what their turkey population is like in the part of the state that we hunted. And their bag limit in the fall is generous. Yeah. They understand that they have a turkey problem in the areas that we were in. And they want those turkeys out. And I have to trust that in a state where you can get an aerial survey of your turkey population and not worry about the forested areas and, you know, not being able to count how many turkeys you have, they probably know to what would you say a 5% margin of error, how many turkeys they have. Yeah. And when they say kill this many, yeah, I, I just don't see how we're doing anything wrong. And so, you know, that's, that's really, that's really it. The state said it's okay to do it. And, you know, in the fall, I don't have a problem doing it. And I am not going to be one to judge anyone who does it. If someone wants to shoot a bearded hen in the spring and it's legal in your state, hey, it's your decision. Shoot a bearded hen. If you want to yeah. shoot a Jake in the spring and it's legal, hey, shoot a Jake. It's your decision. If your state has a four bird limit, <laughs> do I think you should shoot four Jakes? No, I don't. But you know what? It's your decision. Yeah. State says you can do it. Who well, am I to say you shouldn't do it? Yeah. I mean, bottom I'm line, we went and had a, a fun time and had a winter turkey hunt, and it was awesome, in my opinion. I don't, you know, I had a blast, and Utah was really cool to me, and we did see some gobblers. Finally. Yes. It, I will say the male-to-female ratio was probably the most overwhelmingly hen that I've ever seen anywhere. I mean, I what do you, that first day driving around, you think we probably saw 150 turkeys and not one gobbler? We easily saw 150 turkeys and did not see a single tom. Now, we did see a group of jakes. Yes. That day. Yeah, that, a small group of jakes. What, what would you say? There were six, eight, probably eight yeah. in that eight group? Eight jakes. Yeah. yeah. Some gobbles too. Yeah, we like that. Yeah. But it was crazy because we kept seeing, you know, when we say we saw 150 turkeys, it's not like we saw two groups of 75. Like, no. We, we saw probably seven different groups of turkeys, if not more. Yeah. And no gobblers. So, like, I don't know. I do know that out there they can hunt with rifles for turkeys. And my speculation is that maybe the locals or, you know, anybody who wants a turkey 
I'm driving past a field and I can blast one with a rifle and I just, you know, want some meat, one of them's a gobbler and 80 of them are a hen, which one am I shooting? You know? <laughs> so I wonder if they're getting whacked that way or I, I don't know what the deal is, but I will can say I, it sure seemed like they had more hens and jakes than gobblers. Can I give you my two cents on that from my last day of hunting when you were not with That's- me? True. You you may have cracked the code when I was gone, seemingly gone, but actually only just went to a different state to hang out <laughs> for days in an airport. Almost a week. <laughs> but, but no, let's let's back let's back up and let's go through the trip, and then you can give this revelation at the end. But okay. let's go from day one after we'd arrived and. You had seen a small group of hens mm-hmm. the day before I got there, right? Yeah. And it was it was eye-opening to me because I was expecting to see either no turkeys or a flock of 50, 75, or 100 yeah. turkeys. That's what I thought. And that wasn't exactly the case. No, no. No, I mean, we did see some pretty good-sized flocks, but there were also a lot of small flocks. Correct. Yeah. yeah. And so, but yes, I spotted a group of probably 10 or 12 hens. And now there were there were a few young of year birds in that group. And so there were probably, yeah. you know, a Jake or two or three in there. Yeah, probably. But we're just going to say they were hens. Yeah. And I actually got permission to hunt that piece of property right off the bat. Yeah, that was a, that was awesome. Got me fired up while we were in our layover to get there, and then we got there and met up, and y'all were already asleep, so I yep. saw you for the first time the next morning when we woke up, and we had to get licenses. Mm-hmm. Pro tip, if you go to Utah to get licenses, buy them before you're ready to hunt, because most places don't open till 7 a.m., I believe it was. Yep. And we did have the best Walmart license experience I've ever had in my life. Thank you. I was about to say that. So, yeah. Best, like literally, and that we're not being sarcastic. This guy had us our licenses, no questions. He just nailed it, and we were in and out of there in no time. And he was an Auburn fan. That's what blew me away, (laughs) is not that he's an Auburn fan in Utah. It's just that he was an Auburn fan and knew what he was doing. So that got under Andy's skin, which I enjoyed. And Hey, didn't get under my skin. Well, y'all had some chatting about Auburn, Alabama, you know, of course, but he he really did an excellent job, I have he to say. did and a fantastic job. Best Walmart experience I have ever had getting a license. Seriously, no doubt. And so we got on the road pretty quick. It was daylight, and we went to the farm where you saw the turkeys, mm-hmm. and we saw they turkeys. were there again. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> same flock. Yeah. And they were walking straight towards the truck, and (laughs) we were both like, well, we could just sit here and shoot one when they walk up here, but that wouldn't be very fun. (laughs) I told the guy at Walmart, I said, well, you've done a really great job. I appreciate you, you know, knowing what you're doing and taking care of us so quickly. We're going to go kill a turkey, and when we come back to buy our second license in about an hour, do you want us to bring you breakfast? (laughs) And we all just kind of laughed, and he said, yeah, yeah, please, you know. I hope you do kill one that quickly, and yeah, I'll take a biscuit and and some 
hash browns and a coffee. So we left and sure enough, we literally could have killed a turkey within the first 30 minutes and been back there. Oh yeah. That, like, And we were contemplating it for those reasonings, but we decided <laughs> to hold off. <laughs> and it would have been the easiest hunt in the snow ever. Like I would have just shot him on the blacktop and walked over there and picked him up, you know, tuck him <laughs> in the rental car and head out. It would have been great. But yeah. we decided to keep looking for the gobblers. Yes. So we went to like a like a draw that looked good and the farmer had told us they roost over there and we went and looked over there but it was so much snow that we pretty quickly decided this area is not gonna have turkeys and so we backed out of there and and, i mean we kind of just made the decision that if they're out we're gonna be able to see them you know there's snow everywhere and they're turkeys that stand out pretty easily so we decided to just kind of drive and look for turkeys that day. Mm-hmm. And we saw a bunch. That's when we ran into our gang of Jakes running through the town. They were running amok through the town. Yep. Was it? <laughs> Literally we were... running. I don't believe they ever stopped. <laughs> you remember we're driving up to that stop sign, <laughs> and there was a couple walking their dog on the other side of the street. And I was like, Andy, pull up there and... Let's ask that couple if they've seen any turkeys around town. Because, I mean, we're in a really small town. And you start, you know, driving slowly over there. And you look over and you go, oh, there's turkeys. And there's like 10 Jakes standing on the other corner of the stop sign. Not even, what would you say, 150 yards from the people out walking their dog? Yeah. Maybe 100 yards? They were, like, right there in front of us, too. Like, I'm sitting there like, yeah, let's go ask these people if if they know where some turkeys are. And meanwhile, these jakes are just, like, running circles around the truck. Yeah. That was was pretty funny. But anyway, we saw them. They were in the city limits, and we saw a bunch of hens, and they were on the city limits, so we couldn't hunt them. But then... We kept cruising. We found a bunch more flocks of turkeys and we talked to some more people and found some more flocks and talked to some people. And then finally, I guess that it was that first day around noon or so, we mm-hmm. saw it was really snowing pretty hard at that point. The visibility wasn't great, but we came into this field that just was loaded. I mean, loaded in turkeys. Like, Four or five different flocks, it seemed like, all kind of moving together. Yeah. And in the very back corner, with the snow coming down, you could, with our binoculars, you could tell there was three gobblers standing just kind of like in the haze back behind everything. They were just standing there. And so we finally had found some gobblers. And we pulled into this driveway to try to get permission, and this guy came flying out of the driveway (laughs) and drove away. (laughs) And I was like, chase him down. <laughs> Andy floors it and chases this guy for a couple of miles. And then we decided this looked kind of creepy and we probably shouldn't be doing that. <laughs> yeah. Andy, yeah. Like that was a weird deal. I don't know who that guy was. I don't think we ever came across him again, but Andy pulled up like, and didn't block the driveway, you know, being a nice guy that he is. And like, is obviously opening the door to talk to this guy. And he just vamped out. I he mean, he was, punches it. <laughs> oh, I mean, like if he had been in a diesel, like would have coated us in black smoke. Like he just <laughs> let it rip. And then we just instinctively jump in the car and start a high speed chase with him. It was Dukes of Hazard with 
<laughs> Roscoe P. Coltrane in Hot Pursuit. <laughs> yeah. We're going to get permission now if we can just flag him if down. If we can run him down and box him in, he'll give us permission. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Or he'll sure that shoot us goes. in self-defense. Yeah. You guys have been following me for 30 minutes. <laughs> yeah, can we get permission? Oh, me. But oh. I used Onyx and figured out that that wasn't even the landowner <laughs> that we chased down. Yeah. And we ended up stopping by the landowner's house, and he gave us permission to hunt the field. So we decided to come back the next morning to hunt there. And so that would be Sunday morning. Mm-hmm. We got up, and it snowed a bunch that night i mean there was i don't know how much snow would you say was in that field i would say there's easily five or six inches of snow in the field yeah and and it was sunday morning i guess because of where we were sitting we were really out of the wind but it that may have been the coldest morning it was the coldest morning we had winds at about 15 miles per hour from the north well (laughs) on the drive to our hunt you know to the spot I was like, oh, this is great. You know, weather says we got four mile an hour winds. <laughs> and Andy looks up and he's like, look at that flag. <laughs> I look up and there's an American flag like holding on by a thread from tearing in the wind because it is just, <laughs> I mean, literally look like the movie The Day After Tomorrow, like when the flag tears off the pole from the high winds. Like, mm-hmm. he, <laughs> I was like, man, four mile an hour wind here is pretty strong. <laughs> Yeah, it turns out the weather forecasters left a zero yeah, off from the four. Yeah, so, so that sucked. But luckily for us, we worked our way across the field, and we set up along a creek, and the wind was from our back. So we were we were in a pretty good spot. Like, I felt comfortable that first morning where we were sitting. I, I really didn't get that cold. That was and, a great spot. Yeah, I mean, we, we had a good setup, and, you know, we knew those turkeys were roosted nearby, but the the coolest thing that happened that day was we put out a jake decoy because we were going to try to you know challenge the gobblers rob keck style like we talked about in a winter turkey hunting episode a few weeks ago or months ago and we put it out and as soon as it got daylight why don't you tell them what happened then yeah so we're sitting there and we're calling you know we're doing some gobbling some gobbler yelps and some jake yelps and we hear a raven and so, you know, I kind of peek out of the corner of my eye and look up and I see this raven circling the Jake decoy. It circles it a couple of times and here comes another one, circle it. And I thought, okay, well, these ravens are just going to give this decoy, you know, just aggravate it. All of a sudden, out of nowhere, here comes this giant bird with these talons sticking out, yeah. swooping down at the Jake decoy gets about a foot away from the Jake decoy and realizes, oh, wait a minute, that's not a real turkey, and starts backpedaling, flapping, 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 gaining altitude, and takes off. This dang golden eagle comes from nowhere and tries to swipe Cameron's Jake decoy out of the middle of the field. Yeah. Insane. Nuts. That bird was humongous. It was huge. I mean, absolute giant. And we both said that as soon as after it happened, we both right. Well, heck, that was worth the whole morning. That was worth the whole trip to Utah. Yeah, I mean, I've never experienced anything like that. And he he literally, like you said, he had 
claws out, like ready to grab the decoy, which he thought was a turkey, until he was right on top of it. So, I mean, we got to see the whole thing. And anyway, that was pretty cool. We didn't have any turkey action at all that morning in our field that we were set up in. We really were confident they were going to come back to that spot, but they, they just didn't that morning. And so I guess we started cruising around again. I mean, we didn't get on anything really that morning after that, did we? No, we didn't. We went and picked the girls up and went on a little cruise. Yeah, and went and got breakfast and drove around. Just had a fun day, and we saw some turkeys, you know, driving around stuff, a bunch of hens, and then it was right there at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. We were leaving, kind of. We were going to go back and check that field where we were hunting to see if turkeys were back in it, and I looked up on this mountainside, and I was like, man, what if all those are turkeys? <laughs> And it, it just looked like little dots. I mean, 100, 150 little dots on the side of this mountain. I pulled out my binoculars and I was like, those are all turkeys. And it was just a huge flock, very mixed flock. There was, yeah. I mean, I don't even know how many turkeys total. I mean, it, it, I would say there had to be at least 10 longbeards. Yeah, I think I'd counted there were 12 or 13 longbeards in that group. Yeah, it, it had to be double digits because it was just hard because they were all moving and they're way off to keep tabs. But I know I saw at least probably a dozen gobblers, bunch of jakes, bunch of hens. I mean, it just was a huge mixed flock. And we saw them fly up, actually, and mm-hmm. roosted them. Yeah. And then we just see you talk to the guy in the house right kind of in front of where they roosted and he was like well i don't want anybody hunting here but you yeah. ought to go talk to so-and-so he owns a bunch of land back here and that's when we drove up there and i let you go talk so that we'd actually get permission because if i would have gotten out he would have said no hey <laughs> <laughs> it worked a thousand percent when you went and asked but he gave us permission on what two two thousand acres yeah it was a block of land it was a big block and just like always involving turkeys they were roosted 200 yards across the line on the neighboring property yes indeed so this but guy we knew was, that going in yeah i mean but it was our best shot we knew there was a bunch of toms we thought you know hey maybe we can challenge you know we got a big group finally we can challenge them get the rob keck hunt get them all fired up running in you know See how it goes, but mm-hmm. so that next morning came and it was brutal again. A lot of snow. We had over a mile walk, right? A long way, and the first oh gosh, what would you say? The first quarter of a mile was brutal. The ground oh, was real uneven. You know, deep snow. For, yeah, I guess because we were at the bottom deep snow and i think we were walking in somebody else's tracks or along a trail and it it just was very uneven and then there's the hill we have to climb yeah we hit a fence and look on the map and it's like oh of course some guy that's not the guy that we can hunt on owns like a tiny square that we have to go around yeah (laughs) and so we had to climb the freaking mountain oh and it was like loose rock covered in ice and snow. At about a 75 degree grade. Yeah, I mean, literally is one of those ones where you have to kind of go sideways and like ski up it almost, where you like go in a zigzag pattern going sideways. That was just awful. 
the no. walk was pretty rough getting in there but yeah and all of it because the guy who owned the property was like oh you have to go here to cross the river like you'd never be able to cross this river yeah ever i mean there's no way you can cross the river do you have eye waiters because if yeah, you have I mean, eye waiters <laughs> that come up to the bottom of your eyelids like then you may be able to get across it yeah i mean if there's you're a, olympic swimmer this river is just unbelievable you know like yeah. so that was what we did we drove a, there was a bridge across the river and mm-hmm. then we walked up next to the river all the way up to where we needed to be and so a solid mile in the snow uphill both ways literally like somehow seriously that's the truth but <laughs> we get there and we set up under a big willow tree and it, that was a pretty comfortable setup as well. It, was, it yeah. was in like a block of woods that was out of the wind. And we heard a couple yelps off the roost. Not much, but we did have one turkey answer us, and it sounded like it was getting closer. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we were calling a lot. Oh, yeah. We sounded good. Oh, I mean, it, it was a good show we put on. Yeah. Really good show. And we sat there till, what do you say, like 8.30, 9 o'clock-ish? Yeah. Yeah. And decided, you know, we hadn't heard the turkeys in probably an hour, I would say. I mean, like, nothing. And we couldn't see over this hill in front of us, and that's where we suspected the turkeys were, down in that valley on that side. And so our, our game plan was to back out and go up the mountain so that we could use our binoculars to figure out where they were and you know what they were doing and i thought that was a pretty solid strategy until (laughs) until we got 10 steps out into the dead wide open back we'd walked back up about 50 yards uh call it 100 yards yeah and then we'd taken about 20 steps let's say out across the wide open field and at that moment we hear sounds like a turkey calling about 15 yards from the tree we'd been sitting on all morning (laughs) i mean literally and like i don't know if you even noticed but i was in front of you and like i heard it i guess you were walking you didn't hear it and i just like put my head down i was like all right there's the turkeys i wasn't even like excited i was just like they're right there where we were you know but anyway we we scrambled over there and we found this one tree that's like out in the field of barrenness up against the creek with like a couple logs laying around it and so we scrambled up in this thing got set up wasn't a very comfortable setup because it was all quick and the wind was whipping right there yes it was so now we're exposed the turkey's calling pretty good and we're calling back and forth with it and i mean i was literally shaking because i i was getting cold I was actually getting really cold, and I can take cold pretty good, but I was getting pretty dead gum cold. And I, I finally was like, I turned around, I was like, Andy, it's it's time. Something's about to happen. I'm either about to go shoot one, or I'm about to go scare them all off. And you were like, go for it. And so I dropped down into the creek bank off to our left and used it to crawl and kind of, in a hunched way, walk about 100 yards ahead of us and I came up out of it, and I saw three turkeys behind a fallen log that was horizontal. And literally all I could see was their head and neck. 
and uh, I didn't care. I, at this point, I was like, I want to kill a turkey, and that's it, you know. Mm-hmm. I just want to wrap my tag on one. I'm so cold. I'm ready to kill one. You know, I've worked for this. So I throw up, boom, three turkeys start running at that point at a pretty good clip. (laughs) (laughs) And boom. And then uh, the turkeys come out from behind the log and one standing there just like stops and looks at me. I shoot at him and just completely whiff. So shot terrible, but... Luckily, I whiffed on the third shot because apparently my second shot, I connected and killed one. And I didn't really even, I guess, know it, which is terrible. But they were literally all I could see was like from their chin up, basically. And so when I shot, you know, their heads are bobbing up and down and everything. And so I guess I didn't notice I'd killed one. So luckily, I missed the third one. But And there were turkeys going everywhere. Yeah, turkeys were literally flying and running everywhere. It was just straight chaos. I reloaded. And then realized I killed one, so I was happy. And then I had turkeys fly up in the tree literally like three feet from me and could have killed another one, but I was happy with the hen that I killed. (laughs) Yep. Because as some of you listeners may know, I'm extremely colorblind, like to the max colorblind, to red and green. And so I picked up my turkey. I was kind of shocked. I hadn't heard Andy shoot because I thought some had flown back towards you, but they had not apparently. So I picked up my turkey, walked back there, tossed it down. I was like, you know, got a hen, you know, I was excited. I got a hen. And you said, that turkey has a red head. And I looked at it and I was like, well, it does have like really black feathers. (laughs) This is a Jake. Heck yeah. I got a Jake. (laughs) So... So I got a Jake and killed him and beautiful Merriam's Jake had a real pretty white fan on him. It was a pretty bird. Yeah. Yeah. We tried to go get on some of the busted up flock didn't work. But then when we came back to pick up my Jake, another Jake started yelping mm-hmm. and gobbling a bunch. He was, I'd say he was pretty lonely. He was very lonely and probably still shaking in his shoes in his snowshoes. Yeah, so why don't you why don't you tell them what happened with that one since I'm tagged out at this point? So we sit down and start to call to this Jake, and he's gobbling and yelping and clucking and a lot of yeah, kikiing, single note yelps, a lot of yow, yeah, yow. He'd do a lot of yow, yow, like two yelps and a gobble on the end of it. Yeah, and so this went on for probably, what would you say, 20 minutes or so, and you started to get cold again, and you were like, you need to slip down this creek and get around there and kill him. Yeah. So I did that. I dropped down in the creek, and I'm pretty much following Cameron's foot tracks from where he went through there before me when he killed his (laughs) chain. Yeah. And so I popped my head up over the creek bank, and I looked, and I don't see anything, but I still hear him. Yow, yow. And I thought, why can I not spot that turkey out? And then all of a sudden I hear, Put! and I said, oh, I'm used to hearing that sound. I can spot him now. And so I I see him and he's back behind a, he's stepped behind a tree. And so I get my gun up, click the safety off. And these trees have some, I mean, they're willow trees. So they have, you know, branches hanging down and it's really kind of a mess underneath this tree tree that he's 
behind. And so he steps out and he steps out in this little low spot. Well, all I can see is about an inch and a half of the top of his head. And he takes a few steps and I've got the gun on him and he stops. He's walking towards my left and he stops and he turns and he starts walking to the right. When he turned and started walking to the right, I got kind of out in front of him, got the sight on him, squeezed the trigger and he took off running. And he ran back around the tree that he was behind before and no i'm sorry he ran to the just to the right of the tree that he was behind before and he stopped and i said oh you screwed up he's about 25 yards from me sights perfectly on his neck and i squeeze the trigger and nothing like crap Mm. tilt my gun over and i look at the action and it's jammed it did not load no i tipped the gun over i look at the action and it's closed and I'm like, what in the world's going on? So I pull the bolt back. There's no shell in the chamber. And when I pull the bolt bolt back, of course, the shell comes out of the magazine. And I chamber that round. And by the time I got the gun up, he's putting and running away full speed. And I thought, all right, it's a Jake. I'm not, you know, I'm not going to just willy-nilly start firing off a bunch of shots like Cameron. <laughs> no. You should TSS, though, so you're a little more expensive on your <laughs> Seriously, I've killed my turkey in Utah. So, you know, there was no reason for me to take a a shot at a running Jake just to take a shot, you know? So, and and I was excited for you that you had killed and I still had a day to hunt. Yeah. So. Yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to throw in just a quick, like one minute clip or something, just so y'all can hear the Jake calling and, and hear his gobbles and stuff to hear a fall Jake call. So I'm just gonna toss that in real quick. We'll see you guys in just a second. Yeah, so that was just a quick little clip so y'all can hear, you know, what we were hearing. And yeah. I thought it'd be interesting because, you know, a lot of our listeners have never fall hunted and so they they don't hear those types of calls, but that's what we were hearing. Yeah, and, you know, it's very effective in the spring. If you've got a tom that's hung up. Oh, yeah, because he's know. been hearing that all year. Yeah, and so yeah. you're you're ripping off hen calls over there in the woods and then now all of a sudden you get this yonky little Jake yelping over there and half goblin and been many a tom fall prey to that tactic so it's a good one good one to try out but yeah that was that was a cool hunt and now cameron had to carry a turkey a mile out of the woods in the snow uphill both again help warm me up i was fine with it but we figured out on the walk out we looked at the river the river i mean this is the Nile of Utah, and decided we could walk across it without even getting our boots wet because it was about half an inch deep of running water through the rocks. Yep. And, and the road was about 200 yards on the other side of it. As, as the crow flies, the road literally was about 200 yards away from us. But the vehicle <laughs> yeah, now the is down. a mile and a half down the road. Yeah across the river yeah yeah Yeah, so that was kind of disheartening to know that we could have literally parked you know right there and walked up but hey we needed the exercise yeah but it was you know we got some great pictures and 
where you killed that bird was just absolutely beautiful. And that was exciting. I mean, there were a bunch of turkeys around. There was a bunch of calling going on. And that was a fun hunt. And so, you know, when when we got back to the the house that we were staying in, Audrey, your wife, asked you, well, are you, are you okay with that? Are you okay? I mean, are you marking Utah off the list with that, Jake? And you were like, oh, yeah, perfectly happy. Perfectly yeah, happy with I mean, that, Jake. It's, it was a tough hunt. It's not about, like, if it was just for the food, you know, like, turkey hunting wouldn't be that big a deal because we can go buy food. Most people can afford meat. But it's, for me at least, the experience is getting rewarded for the amount of effort I put in. Mm-hmm. Now, granted, I'm always happy for the turkey that just kamikazes in at my first call, you know, in the spring. But when you work hard and you've done all the planning, you've spent the money to get there, and then you kill a turkey, whether it has inch and a half spurs or a jake like that, I was tickled to death. I mean, that was the the fruit of my labor kind of thing. So that's where I gauge the success metric from is did I, you know, I earned that turkey in my mind. Oh, no doubt. That's all I need to know to be proud of a turkey is to know that I truly earned him. Yeah, no doubt about it. So I'm off at this point, gone to Denver on what I think is a flight home, but is a flight to hell itself. And so while I'm stuck there, you kept on hunting. Yes, indeed. So you had gone out and roosted that same group of birds for me the night before. Yeah. Yeah, they were right back in there again. Same spot. So that was my plan for the next day was to get up and go to that same spot. And that's what I did. I went over there and I sat for about two hours and did not hear a peep, not a sound. And so Cameron had told me that the birds were about 200 yards further away from this gentleman's property that we had permission to hunt. So they were off the property another 200 yards away. And, you know, they've got two choices at that point. They're staying on the, the river and they're either coming towards me or they're going away from me. Well, after two hours and not hearing a sound in a driving snowstorm, I mean, it in that two hours, it snowed two to three inches. Mm. And after that period of time hearing nothing, I said, well, I'm going out to the truck, going to get in the truck, going to ride the road, and I'm just going to glass the road very slowly and stop every so often, glass. And, you know, you have to look in the woods to see turkeys along this river. And so I'll work my way. What's that? The river. The river. That's right. I'll work my way down the river, down the road, and did not see one turkey. Not one. Well, Cameron and I had kind of hypothesized, deduced, (laughs) made up this scenario in our head, our heads, of this flock of turkeys that Cameron shot a bird out of being the same flock of turkeys that we hunted Sunday morning, the morning before Cameron killed. And I'm still pretty confident that's the case. Well, so the distance as the crow flies, or as I should probably say, the golden eagle flies, is probably a mile and a half, two miles, from Sunday morning birds to Monday morning birds. Yeah, but all along the same creek slash river system. Yeah, and and really no distance at all for a turkey that has nothing else to do other than walk. Especially a Merriam's. Yeah, so 
I leave where these turkeys were Monday night. This is Tuesday morning. I leave that area, and I said, well, I'm going to drive to where we hunted Sunday morning where we saw all those birds Saturday afternoon. I drive down there, and the landowner's there. So I stop, and I chit-chat with him for a few minutes. Again, it is, I mean, it is snowing like crazy. And thank him for letting us hunt his property, giving us permission. And I look up and past him along this river, and I see a turkey walking towards his property. I get my binoculars, and I put them up. It's a tom. Wow. I said, well, there's a tom right there. And he said, yeah, they're headed over that hay bale right there. <laughs> and the one we were sitting right by the first time. <laughs> exactly, where the, the golden eagle just about took our Jake off. Yeah, we are about, what, five feet from that hay bale? <laughs> yep, no joke. And so I'm sitting there with binoculars, and I look behind that tom, and there's another one, and 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 another one. I think there mm-hmm. were, I can't remember what I sent you. There were 15, I yeah, believe, I in that group. You told me. And they all came down out of the trees first and were walking the tree line towards that hay bale. They walk in there to the hay bale and they start feeding. And so I look at the landowner and I said, how do I get in there to those birds? And he said, well, that I don't know. And he's sitting on his tractor. And I thought, I'm about to ask him to drive me over there in his tractor (laughs) and drop me off because the birds are going to continue to go from my right to my left. Well, it would have worked. It would have worked. He could have dropped me off past the hay bale because those toms are not going to stay at that hay bale for long, and they're going to walk down to the left, and I could be sitting there in the tree. That that seriously would have probably worked. And so I didn't ask him, and I I told him, I said, well, I'm going to let you go on. And at this point, I'm kind of saying, all right, am I going to even bother to hunt, or am I going to try to, you know, make something happen with these turkeys? And I just can't stand it. You know, it, it, I had to try something. So while I was talking to him before the turkeys showed up, he told me, because I told him the story about Cameron's bird from the morning before and where we killed it. And he said, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, well, Mr. So-and-so, the guys that gave you permission on his property, he owns this field right next to me. <laughs> I looked at him and I said, really? And he, <laughs> he said, yeah. And I thought, dang, I wish we had known that. <laughs> Earlier. I mean, you know, we've got Onyx. We we should have known that. So yeah. I pull up on Onyx after he leaves with on the tractor and I look and I'm like, man, there's two like legit ditches that run through his field where he's got three or four or five horses meet up and those that one ditch runs to the river. Well, these ditches have not been bush hogged and the horses have not been in them. So there's plenty of cover. So yeah. I said, well, I've got to walk about 100 yards through Mr. So-and-so's field to hit the first ditch. And these turkeys are 300 yards from me. I think I can make it. So I pull over in the car, get my gun, get my vest, and I start walking. Walk past the horses. I hit the first ditch, get my glasses, look over, and now it's snowing pretty good. You can't even see the hay bale, but I'm seeing turkeys everywhere, hens everywhere out in those pastures, and I'm hearing them calling, and I said, well, you know, worst case I get over there, there's no toms, there's going to be a hen, and a hen will flop this morning, and so I followed that ditch around, I come around 
one of the curves and all that brush and stuff that's running along that ditch. And there's a flock of about 25 hens. And I'm checking them closely, trying to find me a bearded hen. <laughs> Not one of those hens had a beard. We so saw a bunch of bearded hens on that trip. We did. So I let them go on and they fly off. They run for a little while and they fly off. They flush like a covey of quail and fly off. I keep, continue to follow this ditch around. And I see another flock of hens. They're about 15 yards from me. And this flock had about three bearded hens in it. Every single one of those bearded hens were off of his property. So I chase them off. I hit the big creek and I start walking up towards the hay bale. And I'm not even really trying to be all that sneaky because you cannot get into this creek and and walk. It's the rocks are perfectly round, covered in moss or algae, and you just... There's no way to, to navigate that. So I'm walking along the edge of the trees up along this the creek or the river. And I get to the point in that woods line where Cameron and I were sitting on that Sunday morning. And I said, well, I'm just going to stand here and see if one of those toms will walk out from that hay bale. And I stood there for about, I don't know, three or four minutes. Nothing came out. And I could hear turkeys in that area where that hay bale was. And I said, well, I'm just going to keep walking. So I walk up about 10 more yards and all of a sudden, here comes a turkey, walks out from that hay bale and stands there and looks at me. And I said, well, I'm busted now. She's about to take off. And she turns her head around and preens for a second, turns back, looks at me, starts walking straight towards me. (laughs) 25 yards, 20 yards. And she stopped and I slowly raised my gun up, put the sights on her, clicked the safety off, and boom, mm. shot her. Well, when yeah. I did, there were, I don't know, three or four other turkeys at the hay bale. And they all kind of start running around and, and you know, they are they don't know what to do. Well, all the toms and all the older turkeys pitch out across the creek or the river into this gentleman's backfield. And I can see them out there and I'm watching them with my binoculars. And I'm like, okay, there's a Tom, there's a Tom, there's a Tom, there's another one, another one, another one. There's a 15 Toms standing out there in that field. And I thought, man, if I could get around there, I think I can get one of them. And I said, well, I'm, I'm not even fooling with it. You know, it's getting to be late in the morning and it's, it's time to go. Mm -hmm. So I walk over and pick that hen up. When I did, there's still turkeys standing there at that hay bale and they're, you know, running around, they pitch across the creek into the field where the rest of the turkeys went. I grabbed the, that hen and I'm walking out and I'm still, I'm following my tracks in. I'm following them back out because that's the easiest way to walk in that snow. And all of a sudden I hear, put, 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 put. And I look up and here come 25 turkeys flying from that upper field down into the lower field that I'm in. And they hit the ground and just start scattering everywhere, running up underneath trees. I'm like, holy cow, here, you know, if Tom runs by me, he's a goner. <laughs> and not three seconds later, here comes the golden eagle flying over. Back again. Back again. He or she, I'm not saying a, killing a bunch of those turkeys, but that eagle is giving those turkeys fits. And so what I have come to realize is that those turkeys, the older ones, the toms, 
are staying in those trees along the creeks, and that's why we were not seeing them when we were riding around. That I bet you the majority of those flocks that we saw that were 20, 25 hens, I bet you there were at least three or five or ten toms with them, but they're staying along those creeks because that eagle or those eagles are just aggravating them to death yeah, and killing them. And, yeah. you know, they've made it that long to, to know that that's a threat when they're out there in the wide open in those fields. If you think about it, those three toms that we saw that Saturday afternoon, before yeah, they the stayed right morning, by the creek. They would come out for seconds and then they'd walk back into the woods along that creek. Yeah, I think you're right. I mean, think about the set of gobbler tracks we found on the one creek. They all were right next to the the river yep. in the woods. Yeah. You know, I think you're onto something there. I think that may be the case. Yeah. Because so, we also heard a ton of horned owls. Yeah, we did. A lot of horned owls. Uh, I think they are really sensitive to avian predators out there. Yeah. And with good reason, judging by the gold eagle tried to attack our decoy within five seconds of daylight. Absolutely insane. Yeah. Yeah. So overall, great trip. Like I said, I would definitely go back, but it will be after I finish the slam before I go back. And it will be, I've given up on that going out there to have a late winter Rob Keck style turkey hunt. It'll be a true fall hunt. Yeah, that's true. But Awesome hunt. I hope y'all enjoyed our stories with that and that little piece of audio we're going to give you. And but we got to talk to Cullen. So y'all want to hop in here and let's, let's do a phone call with Cullen real quick and hear about our new sponsor. Yes, indeed. You guys listen closely. We'll see you on the other side. Hey, everybody. So Cameron and I told you guys, oh, I guess it was around a month ago, maybe five or six weeks ago that this was right about the time that we switched from doing the premium episodes back to free. We told you that we were going to bring on a couple of sponsors, and I am extremely pleased to introduce our first sponsor of the Turkey Hunter podcast, and that is, yeah, Mr. Cullen Lord with the Real Cajun Market, and Cullen actually has been on the show Colin have you been on the show twice or just once do you do you remember just, just one time at the at convention the, last at the convention well, the okay. convention all right yeah and so I first met Colin at Unicoi last year and we chatted for gosh probably I don't know 10 or 15 minutes all decked out in his LSU gear after the big <laughs> championship. And, you know, I haven't met very many LSU fans I don't like. And Cullen is no exception to that. They're, you know, and to hear an Alabama fan say that, that's got to be pretty impressive because. High praise. Yeah. I'm impressed. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, a little bit about me. LSU's my second favorite college football program. So, you know, that's even though they're a little bit of a rival for my number one favorite program. I still love the area, love the people in Louisiana, love the experience in Louisiana, and I love the food in Louisiana. And 
when Cullen and I were talking at Unicoi in January of 2020, he said, you know, if you guys ever want to bring on a sponsor for the show, please call me, talk to me. He said, I'd be interested in hooking up with you guys and letting you promote some of my products. And he told me what he was doing. And well, you never know when you plant a seed, when that seed's finally going to take off and grow. And so we've got Colin with us today. We're going to pick his brain about the real Cajun market and the products that they offer. But I can already tell you guys that I am full as a tick right now. (laughs) (laughs) I, I got a shipment in Friday and Saturday morning. That's what I had for breakfast and tonight that's what I had for dinner and it's just really good. I mean you guys Colin are doing some things with mixing and and you know creating sausage recipes that I've never heard of and some of these things have just blown my mind. They're so good. So anyway, thank you for sponsoring the show and thank you for taking time out to come on the show and be with us this evening and so i'll just ask you how's everything going uh, everything's going great andy we're uh gearing up for the spring which is obviously all of our favorite time of the year for the turkey hunting but that's when we get busy with the markets and things that we do so it's everything's going really well good do well, you combine going to markets with turkey hunts a lot uh, what I'm trying to combine is more turkey property with the markets that we go to. So uh, my wife gets mad sometimes. I make a little sign that says, we'll trade for hunting property. <laughs> oh, man. I like that. Well, so, well, we'll, we'll see if it's going to work. We got, we got one bite this year, so hopefully it works out. If you're hey. giving samples with that sign right there, I think that might actually get you a long way in some cases. <laughs> Yeah. Um, it's my, my secret door knocking recipe. Heck yeah. No doubt. Yeah, you could you could pitch the idea to some hunting camps, you know, let me join free and I'll bring some sausages for the camp. Most camps have that idea with me already, Cameron. I can't tell you how many times I've been invited to go hunt somewhere as long <laughs> as I cook. <laughs> I need to I need to start figuring that out. Can you send me some more sausages? I might go knock on some doors with them. <laughs> yeah, we can work something out. <laughs> I like Tennessee. We'll go. I'll come with you. There you go. Uh, well, he'll have to blindfold you, though, Colin. I don't know that you'll enjoy it a whole lot, and it'll look kind of odd with him escorting you up to the door blindfolded. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, well, yeah, that will be strange. That's part of it. All right, we'll so. still try it. Yeah, try it. Yeah. Got to try well, I got my shipment the other day. Uh, I guess it was two days ago I got my shipment of sausages, and it was... Let's see if I can remember them all. Boudin, andouille, like a rosemary one. Rosemary and roasted garlic, yeah. Oh, yeah. The one I was really excited about is uh, holo- or pepper jack and pineapple. Is that right? Mm-hmm. That's right. So, and that sounds good. It's one of our, I mean, we sell a lot of all of them, but it's, it's kind of a neat sausage. The pepper jack cheese gives it a little bit of a creamy texture and a little bit of pop. And the pineapple isn't, you're not going to try it and say, oh, wow, that's a pineapple. But it's just a different kind of sweet, and it's pretty yeah. neat. I think Andy liked it himself. So, Yeah, yeah. That, that one is really, really good. And the pineapple is not overbearing at all in that sausage. Good. And that was kind of, when I saw it, I thought, okay, you know, the pineapple's 
going to come in there and, and, you know, it's going to be a little bit too sweet, but not at all. I mean, it's a perfect blend. And I don't know that I've ever mixed pineapple and pepper jack together with anything ever before, but it won't be the last time that I try it. (laughs) (laughs) I I hope that, you know, some of the stuff we do will inspire people to, to cook. And um, that's what I've done my whole life is, you know, be in the kitchen and, I, I I love Louisiana food. I you know I trained as a French chef and spent 11 years with this crazy French chef and have traveled all over the country for different companies doing products and shows and stuff. And so we started doing this here. And I live in Atlanta now. I'm originally from right outside of Baton Rouge. I could you know it took 10 minutes to get to Tiger Stadium, Andy. So I, it's hard not to be a diehard. Shoot, yeah. Grew up in the in the business, just restaurants. You know I've have a lot of my family is in food i have learned the sausage stuff from some cousins in east texas they uh actually provided sausage to the former owner of the dallas cowboys and the stadium before jerry jones had it so that's kind of where that came from and we moved to atlanta catering movies and tv shows and when the pandemic hit it shut everything down so my wife wasn't going to let me just sit at home and she's like start making some sausage son we're gonna i'm gonna take it to the market so heck yeah that's what we started doing now do, so i got it shipped to me from you in a cooler is that a service yeah. that people can order from you yeah and that's through doing this with you guys with the podcast it'll start our basically our internet business awesome. so we're gonna have it set up to where everybody can order through facebook right now and we will ship it via FedEx, you know, for whatever they order. should be pretty simple, I think. Uh, people can message me, my wife, on Facebook uh, with the products that you want, or you can go to the website, call, email, whatever, you know, whichever methods you like, and then as long as we have a name and an address and a phone number, we'll, we'll send your order to you. Nice. Is there any distance or any states that you won't ship to at this point? Not that I know of right now. Just a disclaimer, I'm pretty new to the shipping part of things, so we might hit some little road bumps, but we were able to ship both of you guys overnight, and everything worked like a a charm, and a few other friends that we've shipped to just trying, you know, getting a little bit of experience with it, and everything's worked really well. So, you know, we're going we're gonna to go after it. You know, we have all the sausages, and that's – part of it but also we make louisiana style crab cakes which they could order red beans and sausage or gumbos and etouffees and stuff like that so i haven't sent you all that sample package yet Mm. oh man yeah uh it's hard for me to think about food right now because i had the cajun sausage the pepper jack and pineapple and the andouille tonight for dinner with a sweet potato and a salad and i am like jam up full but i'm starting to think about getting hungry again when you're talking about all these <laughs> these other products and the cajun crab cakes oh yes uh we they they've taken off and I mean, where this all started was we just were going to farmers markets and that re- went real well and we started putting it in the retail stores and that's going real well. And, you know, like you had mentioned earlier, you and I had talked and the Turkey Hunter podcast is 
been a, I mean, I don't even know how to say a big part of my turkey hunting career. I, I looked it up today. You had 29 episodes the the first time I ever went turkey hunting, and I, <laughs> that was my only source of information. That's how I taught myself to do it. So. Wow, that's a cool story. Yeah, it is. Well, and I, I appreciate you listening over all these years, and, you know, I'm surprised I haven't done something to tick you off as a listener or put you to sleep and <laughs> and have you give up on that on the podcast so thanks for listening for all these years <laughs> oh, absolutely it's uh it's been a you know <laughs> been a big part of my life i guess is turkey hunting you know, I, I love my kids and working but turkey hunting's the most fun i get to go have by myself so I, yeah i've really enjoyed it yeah no doubt so uh, I texted you Saturday. No, I texted you Sunday about the boudin because yes, you and I had a conversation. I believe was it at Unicoi or was it at the NWTF convention last year? Anyway, it does, it doesn't really it matter. Bit, yeah, I don't remember which one. Doesn't matter. Well, we had a probably a five minute conversation about boudin, and when you're outside of Louisiana. A five-minute conversation about boudin is a long conversation about boudin. <laughs> but you mentioned to me that you make some really good boudin. And I thought, okay, I've had good boudin. And I've had eh, some okay boudin. And I thought, all right, you know, it's one of those things. It's To me, it's either really good or it's just like, you know, it, it's really not worth eating. I agree. Yours is out of this world good. Uh, you I totally undersold your boudin to me. <laughs> I, I mean, well, I, I, I'm impressed. I, I really appreciate that, Andy. That's very kind. I mean, one thing everybody I'd like them to know about the food is that it's everything's made from scratch. I mean, there's not one piece of it that. You know, it was made by anybody else but me and the good Lord. So uh, you get it, you know, you get it fresh. It's all, you know, the real deal techniques and how it's always been done. So that's, I love doing it that way. Awesome. And is all of your, are all of your sausages, they're all pre-cooked because they're smoked? Yeah. Yeah, everything is, uh, all of the sausages are and, and all the entrees, everything we sell is a simple heat and serve wow. meal so all you have to do if you get an entree you'll simply just you know thaw it out in your refrigerator overnight put it in a sauce pot heat it up on low until it starts steaming or simmering and then you're good to go and sausages take about a couple hours to thaw out and i mean you could literally microwave it i mean whatever you want to do to heat it i prefer the cast iron skillet myself but yeah so that's the best way is just cast iron skillet with a little oil or something in there. You don't even need oil. Yeah, absolutely. And 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 on the grill, you know, these will be great for grilling season or the you know, you just some of them have a lot of sugar in it, so you kind of want to watch the sugar and cheese because that kind of stuff burns if you cook it on too high, too fast. But uh, mm-hmm. yeah, you can't. It's it's all pretty simple. I, I try to make it as foolproof as possible. So. Yeah, that's another thing that I really like about it is the fact that it's already all cooked. I mean, you literally, and and so I'm. This is my preference. 
everybody's going to be different, but I heated up the jalapeno and cheddar sausage, and then I ate it cold Sunday morning for breakfast. I like it cold better than I do heated up. That's just me. <laughs> Yeah. You are a pretty weird guy, Andy, so it makes sense. Well, you know, here's here's the thing. You know, when you take a deer... You're right, Cameron. Everybody knows that. So I'm just kind of glossing right over it and moving on. Yeah, just, just go on. But, you know, when you take a deer to the processor and you can get those summer sausages made that are mm, yeah. jalapeno and, and cheddar, and you eat... Well, I eat those cold with crackers. Yeah. This sausage, to me, was the same way, except... You know, it's pork and not venison, but yeah, yeah. I mean, you, you could definitely use it like charcuterie style, uh, mm-hmm. and it, it's cured. I mean, it's the sausage is pretty indestructible. Uh, you know, you, once you thaw it out, you got ten to fourteen days before it'll start deteriorating on you, so you got plenty of time. You know, so everybody knows that the way we sell it, the sausage. I don't sell it by the pound. I just sell it by the pack to make it pretty simple. It's all over a pound you get four big links in each package of each flavor and uh for just one set price and you know i kind of look at the sausage kind of like a custom turkey call you know like mr olin humphreys over there in east georgia you know he spends a lot of time making these craft calls and i i kind of feel about that way about our sausage so yeah well i'm i'm glad to have you i know cameron is too yeah glad to have you as a sponsor and you know i encourage everyone listening to jump on facebook and of course place an order i'm going to tell you that you're not going to be disappointed some of these blends that he's got in the sausages are just they're amazing and the oh the other thing that bacon and brown sugar i thought that yes I thought the bacon was going to be overpowering in that one, and it is totally not. And it's like just the right amount of bacon, just the right amount of brown sugar, not too sweet. And that one is, I didn't tell you, that was one of my favorites too. There's not, you don't have any that are not my favorite, but (laughs) I'm sitting here thinking, what am I going to reorder when I reorder? You know, so it's we're just going to end up with a lot of sausage in the house, and that's what we're going to be eating throughout the summer and definitely through turkey season. So, anyway, the, the bacon one is is the is the biggest seller by far, Andy. And we, uh, I just on that one particularly, I I cut a lot of the pepper out of it to make it kid friendly and kind of breakfast friendly. So, yeah, a little tidbit about that one. Nice. So, let me ask you one more question, and then I I'm going to sure. Pick your brain for a turkey hunting story. Well, that's that's gonna be short right there. Picking my brain. <laughs> so the the sausages you ship them out frozen, and yes. when they get to their location, their destination, let's say they're sitting on the front porch for you know four, five, six hours, they're still gonna be cold when that package is opened up. But if they're not frozen, is it okay just to stick them back in the freezer and refreeze? Absolutely. It's not going to hurt a thing. If somebody happens to get a package and they missed it by a day or two or whatever, and they, you know, and the product is warm, then, I, you know, there would be a, you know, a problem maybe. But we're going to load them up with the little freezer balls that go with it. And it, it should, even if it's just like, you know, 
half frozen as long as it's still cold it can go straight back into the freezer no problems yeah okay all right very good well if they got to somebody and they were warm then it just had to be dinner <laughs> you better eat quick yeah <laughs> and look we'll we're gonna you know I'm, i know that nothing ever goes off unscathed so i'm sure there will be an issue at some point and we all i can tell you is that we will 100 percent take care of it I do not doubt that for a second. Let's get to know the turkey hunter behind our sausage chef who's going to sponsor us. I, I want to hear a turkey killing story. You you know what? Well, Let's I, hold I, off on that. I, I've okay. got an equal amount of turkey killing stories and turkey missing stories. It's about 50-50. Oh, well then. Those are good odds. You've got more killing stories than I've got. I've 75-25 miss. <laughs> Y'all have hit one? <laughs> on occasion they, they run in front that's right that's right before we before we share a turkey story you want to are you up for doing the rapid fire q a oh yeah. uh, absolutely heck yeah give people a chance to get to know you a little bit so let's do that mm -hmm. let me let me grab the timer here okay so i've got the stopwatch here do you need to know are you going for the record I, I doubt that I can talk fast enough for that. Okay. All right, because I believe... You yeah, blew it on Ron Jolly, so... <laughs> He's never going to forgive you. <laughs> He's not ever going to forgive me. You're right. So, <laughs> Tony Caggiano still has a record at 2 minutes 34.28 seconds, and we're, we're going to go on this and see where you land so i'm about to start the timer with the first question all right wild turkey grilled baked or fried fried wild turkey on the rocks neat with cola or with water on the rock number of grand slams one have you ever killed a bearded hen no sir have you ever killed a jake one a 10 minute successful hunt on a two-year-old or a four-hour long hunt with a clean miss on a four-year-old i'll take the two-year-old Favorite camo pattern? Oh, real tree. Uh, I'm sorry, not real. Bottom land, I guess. Wild turkey legs for dinner or for the dog? Oh, for dinner. More or less than five strikers in your turkey vest? Less. The state you killed your first turkey in? Georgia. The state you killed your last turkey in? Tennessee. Sit in a blind for four hours and squeeze the trigger or run a gun for one hour and not shoot? Uh, run and gun. Rios or Osceolas? Rios. Rios or Easterns? Easterns. Easterns or Merriams? Uh, Easterns. Fields turkeys or woods turkeys? Uh, I like the woods turkeys. Shotgun scope, rifle sight, holographic sight, or beads? I have a scope. Rubber boots, leather boots, or snake boots? Snake boots. Favorite place you've ever hunted? Oh, Nebraska. Most turkeys you've ever killed in a season? Seven. Least number of turkeys you've ever killed in a season? One. Out of all the states you've hunted, which state has the most uncooperative turkeys? Uh, for me, it'd be Georgia. If you only knew how to imitate one turkey sound to call turkeys, what would it be? Uh, just a yelp. On a scale of 1 to 10, how good of a turkey caller do you think you are? Uh, maybe a 3. Favorite turkey hunting book? Uh, the Tenth Legion. Who taught you how to turkey hunt? Uh, my buddy Todd Fenald. Think of the toughest turkey you've ever hunted. Did you ever kill him? <laughs> no. 
Do you prefer long, sharp spurs or long, thick beards? I, I like them both about the same. Biggest mistake new turkey hunters make? Uh, for me, it's patience. I think patience is the key. How long does turkey season last in heaven, and what is the bag limit? I don't think I could have a better answer than what Dave had the other day. So I, I, that's about as good as it gets forever, and you get to blow the life right back into them and do it again. I have two minutes and 59.62 seconds. That is pretty wow. strong. Yeah, that's got to be a top 10 performance, I'd say. It's definitely wow. top 10. Yeah. Very nice. Yeah. Probably just not enough experience to go long-winded on a lot of those answers. Well, it's not the name of the game. You did good. We got down Thank there with buddy. about 10 questions left, and I thought, dang, he's going to make a run at this. And would, I'll just take the blame for it. I read too slowly. <laughs> Ron Jolly would agree. <laughs> you, you, you knew... <laughs> You knew it would take that for me to understand all of it. So. Oh, come on now. <laughs> so, good deal. That was, that fun. was fun. I appreciate you you doing that. And you know, I yeah. I don't know. I've I've always enjoyed doing the rapid fire Q and A, and over all these years, and you know, it's been fun getting you know different people's opinions and thoughts on things, and you know, kind of that campfire talking about three minutes time is about what it ends up being so thanks for playing along with that no absolutely i've always enjoyed the the segment on the show especially once people get about halfway into it they stop thinking about their answers and you get a get a lot of truth it seems from some pretty neat people so it's it's cool Yeah, yeah no doubt all right so we've already mentioned and talked about a good bit that you are a turkey hunter and you're our kind of people so share with us the story of one of your turkey hunts from last year. And I'm, I'm going to tell you because I have already seen the picture of <laughs> this turkey that I want to hear the story of your monster turkey from Georgia from last year. All right. Oh, it, the moral to the story is, is basically just got lucky. So. Like I, you know, I told you before that I have kind of in central Georgia two leases that I can turkey hunt on, and um, the year before I got lucky and killed a big double bearded gobbler on uh, lease A, and I had some cameras out this past year on that lease, and there was basically his twin brother running around with two ten and a half inch beards or so, and uh, I had pictures of him for three weeks right up into the beginning of turkey season and i went opening morning to my spot and didn't see any birds or hear any birds nothing happened at all and once daylight came and i started looking around i noticed my camera was gone and somebody had removed it from the woods for me that was nice and i was pretty pretty <laughs> bummed out and I, yeah it was real nice right and so that was opening morning got pretty bummed out and just went to uh spot b and was riding down the road and i saw two big old strutters with a group of hens on our property and so i just watched them for a while and and had to go home and so the next morning i got in tight to where they were and they started gobbling and i was right on the edge of a field big cattle pasture and they were gobbling and carrying on and i was just really got on a a corner post just waiting to see which direction they were going to go around this pond and uh 
all of a sudden here comes this gobbler running about as fast as he could dead at me. I just picked my gun up and he stopped about 25 yards and I shot him and I had no idea what I'd shot. And I looked to my right and saw why he was running was there's another gobbler coming straight at him, chasing him off. And, uh, in Georgia, you can, you know, kill all three at one time if you want, but I, I let him go and I went and picked up my turkey and he had a real nice set of spurs on him and, and five beards. Five beards and yeah. They're not like a bunch of little baby beards either. No, the, the shortest beard was seven inches. That's unreal. How big? How big were the spurs on that bird? Um, they were just under like inch and a quarter. So, I mean, I guess you could have probably stretched the tape to right there. Wow. I don't know how, how old Doctor Chamberlain would say it is, but he he looked like a pretty you know, mature bird. Yeah, and I ask you this question when you sent me the picture of him. But is that a bird that you think would make the record book? Not even close in Georgia. That's amazing to me. Yeah. You know, but there's it have to be over two hundred. This I didn't have him officially scored because that you know that, that kind of stuff doesn't matter to me a whole lot. But my yeah. and my buddy Todd, he's been turkey hunting since he was knee high to a butterfly, and so he told me how to score him for the NWTF, and we Facetime and went over it, and he scored a hundred and three, which is you know, incredible, but in order to be like top five in Georgia, you have to be over 200. That's just, I mean, there's <laughs> Andy, one guy doubled in Georgia one day. He's got like the three and four bird, number three and number fours. One bird had eight beards, another one had nine. Good night. That's crazy. Yeah. Like when it rains, their beards are bound to be weighing them down. <laughs> 10 pounds hanging off his chest. Yeah, it's like a rudder out there. <laughs> digging a trench in front of him yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, it's, uh, I, I looked it up one time there's a you know an article in the Georgia Outdoor magazine about it and so they they had all the records and information and as uh, you got <laughs> I got I mean it seems like that would be a world record something with nine beards but yeah you know when you go to these states where turkey hunting is is pretty well ingrained in the history of the state. And of course, we all think the southeastern states, but Pennsylvania, Michigan, shoot, you could even say upstate New York. You know, there's a history, a long history of turkey hunting in those areas, and of course, the southeast. And so you just, you kill a bird like that, and you think, that bird's got to be up there or ranked pretty highly. But, you know, the NWTF has been keeping records since, probably since they were around in 1970, 71, 72. No, I think they were found in 73. So, you know, that's, shoot, you're getting pretty darn close to 50 years now of right. history of the NWTF and record keeping. And there's been a lot of turkeys killed over 50 years in these states where turkey hunting is life to a lot of people like us. So, you know, if you look at it like that, it's really not that terribly surprising, but that's, you know, I don't know. I think if you'd gone to a state like, I don't know, Oregon or someplace like that, that's probably a record book bird all day long. Right. Mm, that's a good point. But yeah, you go to, you, you get a state like Missouri or, you know, any of the Southeastern states and those few states up North and people are eat up with it, you know, just like we are. So, 
Uh, it's not all that terribly surprising to me, but that's that's awesome, man. I mean, that's a trophy that I know anyone listening to the show would be just very proud to have. Yeah. So congratulations right. on that. Thank you very much. That, you know, obviously a very random thing. My, I mean, I talk about him all the time, but, you know, my, my buddy Todd Fanald, he'd been hunting forever and killed hundreds of turkeys and never killed one with even three beards. And so I just, you know, kind of let you know, I mean, it's just you never know what's going to happen any day out there in the woods, and that's what makes it fun. Oh, Very yeah. true. Very true. Well, Cullen, I know it's getting close to your bedtime, so <laughs> I, I want to thank you again for taking time out to come on the show and, and one more time to thank you for being a sponsor and sending yeah. out those you, delicious sausage no, samples. And, man, I'm I'm looking forward to ordering some more and eating some more. So. I really appreciate all that, Andy. And I, you know, all I want is to get to listen to some turkey talk every Friday. So we're, we're good to go. Well, <laughs> you can definitely do that. We're we're going to do a lot of turkey talk for sure. So thank you again, and you know, we'll be in touch with you throughout the spring, obviously. And hopefully, I'll be getting a lot of pictures from you with some dead turkeys. But I, we wish you a lot of luck, and of course, be very safe out there. And we'll talk again soon. I appreciate it, man. We get to start on the 13th of taking the first grandbaby hunting, turkey hunt. Right. So that ought to be entertaining. Heck yeah. Can't beat that. Good luck. Can't beat I think that. We're going to need it. I'm just going to bring a lot of donuts. <laughs> <laughs> Won't be a bad hunt then. No, not at all. Make sure they're sugar-free donuts. The grandbabies will be uh, bouncing look. off the walls of the of the blind. Oh, yeah. Well, this one for sure. <laughs> so... That's awesome. Look, That's what it's um, all about. Absolutely. Thank you, Andy and, and Cameron. And if anybody has any questions or anything, like I said, please get in touch with us. And if any questions come your way, just shoot them to me and we'll get answers for everybody and see how this goes. We will sure do it. And looking forward to a long and beneficial relationship. So thank you. Absolutely. All right, guys. Y'all take care, man. I really appreciate it. You too, Colin. Thank you. Yeah, Good night. Colin. Bye-bye. All right. Back in. Well, I'm super pumped about having Colin sponsor our show, and I have to say the sausage is going to be incredible. I already know it, and you've told me it is. So. Yeah, and I'm looking forward to having a few listeners of the show come and hunt with me, and, of course, I will bring the sausage to throw on the grill. Heck, yeah when you guys come and hunt with me so it'll be fun looking forward to it and this is already a long show so i'm gonna hop into it and tell you our favorite of the week is support our sponsor we told you when we went to a free show if you want it to be free support our sponsor and we have a sponsor now he instructed you to go to facebook go order from him and not only order from him it would be great if you dropped something saying heard it on the podcast I'd like to order, you know, the variety pack of your sausages to test out. That'd be incredible. That's our favorite of the week this week. Perfect favorite of the week. And so yeah. we are running long. And so what do you say <laughs> we wrap this up, thing man. up? Wrap it up. All right. Thank you guys so much for tuning in this week. We know that you have choices. We appreciate you spending your time with us. We hope you have a wonderful week. And we look forward to seeing you again next week. Goodbye. Goodbye. Thanks for tuning in. You were just listening to the Turkey Hunter podcast. 
If you enjoyed the show, please go on over to iTunes and leave a five-star review. And make sure to head over to www.iamturkeyhunting.com to subscribe for free turkey hunting tips, tactics, strategies, and product reviews to help you have a more successful turkey season. And stay tuned for upcoming episodes on hunting afternoon birds, how to film your hunt, and the breeding cycle of hens, as well as some guest interviews. Thanks again for listening. We know your time is valuable, and we appreciate you sharing some of it with us. See you next week.